Good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. But I just want to also say to you this morning, there may be our people this morning, it's a wee bit bittersweet this morning. Maybe for you this morning, you don't have a child. Maybe for you this morning, your mother has passed away. And you know, this morning we think about you and we're with you, but we're saying to you this morning, this is your family. And what we're saying to you this morning as well, there's lots of young people in here this morning. There's lots of young adults. There's lots of me's this morning that just need to be loved on and mothered on. So if you're feeling as if you want to love somebody this morning, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. The age of two, my mommy passed away, so she did. And my granny brought me up, so she did. But you know what? There's people who come into our lives, who look after us, who step in, who take on fostering, adoption. And you know what? We are adopted this morning into God's family this morning. And I want you to understand that from the very outset, that this morning you are part of the family of God. And you are loved this morning. You are loved by a Lord and Savior, by a God this morning, and by a Holy Spirit who is with you no matter wherever you go. And you take those pains and those heartaches of growing up maybe in a household that wasn't amazing or wasn't maybe perfect and you say this is the way I'm going to do it I'm going to help somebody else I'm going to be there for somebody else I'm going to love on somebody else and I'm going to do that and that's what church is all about this morning and this is, this is what Mother's Day is about this morning I have to say I really really love preaching on Mother's Day you probably are sick of me but that's okay it's not stopping me not because I'm a good preacher, because I'm actually really nervous. My, my whole field is being a teacher to young children and being a little bit crazy with those young children. So speaking to adults can be a lot harder for me. But because today I want to tell you, I want to say well done to you as mothers. On Mother's Day, please be kind to your mothers. Okay, appreciate them more. Spoil them. Or those who have looked after you, or those that have cared for you, those that have been guardians to you, those that have, hel have helped you. Spoil them, love them, say thank you to them this morning. But today's message isn't about how to look after your mother more. It's about a mother who had really tough choices to make to protect her son. Being a mother requires tough decisions that are risky and heart-wrenching. These are decisions that require your faith. I want to talk about Jacobed. I may be pronouncing that wrong, but you know what? Just take it. It's the NI version, the Northern Ireland version, Jacobed, or Jacobed, okay? Jacobed. She was a woman of faith. We're going to look at this woman, Jacobed, who is mentioned only a few times in the Bible, yet despite her very low profile, she manages to make it to what I call the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith, the heroes of the faith. Jacobed is in there, quite extraordinarily, in Hebrews 11, 23. She's in that Hall of Fame, even though she's not mentioned very, very much. You'll often find that with some people. They're not loud, maybe like me, but they're in the background and they're working and they're getting on with it but they are precious, very, very important people. And I want you to understand this was who Jacobed was. If you look at Numbers 26, 59, it says, 
The name of Amram's wife was Jacobed, a descendant of Levi, who was born to the Levites in Egypt. To Amram she bore Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. Now the nation Israel had been in Egypt for almost 400 years. They were doing really, really well, the people of Israel, as they lived in, Israel, in, in Egypt. But the problem was, this became a threat to the Pharaoh. So Pharaoh forced them into slavery. By the sweat of their brow, if you look at cities like Python and Ramesses, they were built by the, by, by the Israelites. He hoped to break their backs, but they continued to grow and prosper. So he turned up the heat a little more, and he commanded that Hebrew, that that the Hebrew midwives were to murder the newborn sons of the Hebrew women as they were giving birth. And that's a wee bit like our own society today. Whenever governments make decisions and choices regarding ethics, that sometimes we as women have to make decisions and say no. Because the Hebrew women said no, that they were not going to murder those Hebrew babies that were first born. And they made those decisions so Pharaoh says, well, fair enough. If they're not going to do it, we're going to throw the babies in the Nile. The babies can go into the Nile. And here we have Jacobed, who just ends up at this time pregnant. She's pregnant. Her children, Miriam and Aaron, they're not a problem. They're older. But she's carrying this baby, this baby in her womb, who she knows the minute she bears this baby could be thrown into the Nile. So we've got this woman of faith. And you can just imagine if she got on anybody's nerves or if anybody, the Hebrews really annoyed anybody, the Egyptians could just simply say, in the Nile he goes, you're annoying me. She probably would have had to keep her pregnancy a secret. I don't know, it doesn't tell us that part in the scriptures. But what it does say was that the baby had the firstborn, the, this, this firstborn son or this son would have to go in to, into the Nile. And he wasn't the firstborn because Aaron came before. I want us to think about dangers that our children face today. It can be really subtle dangers. If you look across the world, there are children today who are being taken as child soldiers to fight in wars. And, and not, close by, not too far away from us today, there are kids who end up borrowing money, borrowing loans off people. And when they borrow those loans and they can't pay them back, they use them to sell drugs. It's happening. Our children are being exploited in these ways. And then if you look also at on the internet, high predators are exploiting our children, pretending to be people who they're not. And in subtle ways, our children are being exploited. In the dangerous world in which Jacobed found herself, she stands out because she did what she could to save her child. Then when she could do no more, she depended totally on the faithfulness of God. She was a woman of faith. If we look in Exodus 2, 1 to 10, this is where it all happens. 
Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. Secondly, Jacobed was not only a woman of faith, she was a woman of courage. Her faith was courageous. This is what the Hebrew writer says about Jacobed. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And here we have this woman of courage. The Pharaoh at this time said all the male Hebrew babies had to be thrown into the Nile. And you know, Jacobed and her husband, they disobeyed. They disobeyed this edict. Imagine how hard it probably was to hide an infant. I was just looking over at the wee babies and hearing the wee babies in church. And you see, the first thing mommies do is get the wee dummies in because they're trying to keep them quiet. And I remember when I had my first child, when our wee Ruth was born, Matt and I didn't really have a clue as parents. Don't you all laugh because you've been there. <laughs> it's your grannies and grandas and all the other ones around you who helped you. Right? We hadn't a clue. I remember going down to the GP and saying, is there not a book you could give me? And she says, it doesn't really work that way because everybody's so different. And so when she was born, if she cried and she could cry, we would have put her in a wee car seat, got in the car, this was maybe after church on a Sunday night, and went for a drive. And you get back to the house, you stop the engine, and it started again. <laughs> and it went on for hours upon hours. So I don't think I could have been a Jacobite trying to keep my child quiet for three months or trying to keep it hidden for three months that I had a child. Because that's what happened. When you have a child, the natural thing that that child does is they make noise, they gurgle, they gaggle, and they do all the sounds. And here we have this situation where we have a woman of courage. But Jacob had succeeded in hiding Moses for three months. She was quite extraordinary. So she was. We think of people, faith often is trust in God. God will do it. 
Look, he looked after it all, but not in this case with Jacobit. She turned around and she put her faith into action. She didn't just say, God, I know you'll sort it out. But she actually, in this instance, her faith was active. And you know, sometimes faith can be really, really risky. And for Jacobet it was. And as I've told you already, I think of my granny. When my mommy died at 21, my granny gave up her job. She took me and my sister in. She loved us as a mother, and she gave up everything for us. She said no to us when everybody else's mommies were saying yes. She stood up to us as teenagers when we were heading down a path of destruction. She loved, she protected, she nurtured, she disciplined us, even when we didn't want to listen to her. I remember my granny saying to me, you talk back to me one more time and you're getting a slipper in the back of you. <laughs> and I remember giving that one bit back to her. And I never ran as fast in my life up them stairs. And she had a wee rubber slipper and she hit me against the back of my bottom. And, she, and, she, and I said, didn't hurt, Granny, it didn't hurt, Mum. By goodness, did that hurt me. A wee smack in the bottom from her wee rubber slipper hurt. But I tell you what, I knew who was boss in the house. And I knew who loved me and who cared enough about me. I'm not saying you all go home and smack your kids with a slipper. I'm not saying that at all, okay? I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> but you know what? She was a woman of courage. She was a woman of faith. And you know what? Today, I am eternally grateful for this woman in my life. Many of you are courageous women and men. You're just like Jacobid, just like my Grammy, just like that wee woman who, who I grew up with. What gives Jacobit and mothers in this place today the courage to act in such a way is that they fear God more than they fear man. They want to please God more than they want to please their friends or their children or even their family. They trust God. They trust, they trust that as they're, they're obedient to what he's called them to do in the face of threatening circumstances, he'll take care of them and their children. And that's you this morning. In the face of maybe really difficult circumstances and situations, because life comes at us. Would you be Jacobites? You'd be women of faith and men of faith. Because there are mums and dads who have to make really tough decisions with their children. There are guardians and there are people who have to look out for one another. You know, not only was she a woman of courage, a woman of faith, but Jacobed was a woman of sensible faith. After three months of hiding that wee baby, she saw the handwriting on the wall. And what she did was she made that wee wicker basket. Now this wasn't what the wee wicker basket would have been like in the time of, um, of Moses. She made that wee wicker basket, or she, she got a wicker basket, it says, and she covered it with tar, and she covered it with waterproof material, so it was thought through, it says. And it would have had a wee lid on it, just like the one there, not like this wee one, this has a wee hood on it. Would have had a wee lid on it, so it would have. And she made that. 
But this wee wicker basket, it's really, really interesting. The word basket that's used here is exactly the same, exactly the same for Noah's ark. The Hebrew can also mean ark. Both words match. Okay, so this was like a little ark for Moses. And Noah's ark, exactly the same word was used in Hebrew there for both of them. You see, Noah's ark was covered in tar and pitch, just like this ark was. Both Noah and Moses were placed in, in very unsafe environments. For example, in the ark, Noah's ark, it was the mercy of the elements, the wind, the rain, and the storms. And sometimes our children get put through the elements, get put through the difficult times. And here we have Moses, he's in the Nile. And the Nile was known for crocodiles. There's artifacts that have been found from that time, you know, when the Egyptian pharaohs were there, and the artifacts were of crocodiles. The Nile was filled with crocodiles. Now, if you could take a wee baby, right? Take a wee baby, put it in that basket. I just want you to imagine as parents what that would be like to take that wee baby, put him in that basket. Like if I, if I was to go and get him, right? If I was... <laughs> right? And we get this wee baby and we put him in this basket. Okay? He's no idea what's going on. No idea what is going on. And this mother kept him quiet for three whole months. Three whole months, no idea. No idea. But it says that he was special, doesn't it? it said that there was something special about him. And when, am we, am we okay to put him in the wee basket? <laughs> and do you know Put him in the wee basket. And then Miriam stands from afar. But they just didn't abandon this wee baby in the Nile. They put him in the reeds. Okay? This wee baby was put in the reeds. And he was covered. And Miriam stood from a distance. While there was other people who came to bathe. Now, Miriam used a sensible faith because she knew that other people came to be with her. She just didn't abandon her baby. What she did would have been like leaving her wee baby on hospital steps and saying, here. You see? And that's what would have happened. Literally, Miriam stood by, cry, cry, Moses, cry. Okay? This isn't planned. This is a child of God. So it is. And the wee baby just, and then, and then the Pharaoh's daughter, she knew it's a Hebrew baby. Send her slave over, over to get the Hebrew baby. Hello. Hello. Are you coming up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There he is. And then Miriam says, 
Now you notice how it's not Jacobed standing at the corner, it's Miriam. They had a plan together. They had this already organized. And Jacobet, it would have been too obvious if Jacobet had a stood there. And so what would have happened was, there you go. No? There. So what would have happened was, as Miriam stood by, she went over. Oh, do you need someone to nurse that baby, to feed that baby? I know just the right person. And hands the baby back. I told you to keep <laughs> Oh, he's coming back, don't worry. Hands the wee baby back. Hands Moses back to his mommy. And do you know what actually happens? She turns around and says, I'm going to pay you to look after your own baby. I mean, that's a Bobby bonus. That's every mother's dream, isn't it? Every single mother's dream to get paid for, for looking after their children. So she nursed that wee baby. But that was all thought out. Remember, she put the tar and the pitch around the basket. She put him in the right place. The baby cried at the right time. I mean, that was pure timing. <laughs> when they just happened to be there, they were there at the right time. I mean, she didn't leave him on the streets. She left him at the best part where she knew good people were around. And then he was brought back after he'd been nursed. But not only that, his mother and father were bringing him up and telling him about Jacob and Isaac. They were telling him about Abraham. They were telling him about all the things of God. They got those years to tell him that. But there was something special about him, it says. And then he comes back. And then, as he comes back to the Pharaoh's daughter, she takes him as her son. She brings him up. And there she is, looking after, looking after now little Moses. Because Jacobed's courageous faith was not just a sensible faith, but also it was a rewarded faith. As we hear, everything seemed to just fit into place, right? Everything seemed to just work the plan. It was like all the little pieces of the puzzle were being put together. As Moses floated along the banks of the Nile, the daughter of the Pharaoh arrived with the maidens. The text said she saw the basket, had it brought to her. She opened it, saw the child crying. She took pity on him because he was a Hebrew and could just as well be dead. It was standard procedure for the wealthy man to hire the wet nurse, as I've already said, and again was paid. Surely you see the hand of God in all of this. The mother did what she could, but she couldn't have done all of this on her own. You've got, the Pharaoh said, right, see when these babies are born, put them in the Nile. What did she do? She put the baby in the Nile. She actually did what Pharaoh said, but she did it her way. So she's actually only doing what she was meant to do. She put him in the Nile. 
Okay? Pharaoh's chosen instrument of death was the River Nile. This became the instrument through which Moses was saved. So don't think sometimes your circumstances may be against you, because I can tell you what, 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 what the enemy uses for evil, God uses for good. So he does. You see, this was the way through which Moses was saved. His mother even followed Pharaoh's order in placing him there. A mother of Pharaoh's own family came to the river at just the right time and rescued the future deliverer, who also seemed to know just when to cry. Just when to cry. Perfection. The baby was reunited with his mother. There we go. He was reunited with his mother, who was then able to raise the child through the most formative years, teaching him about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Jacobed released him to Pharaoh's daughter after he was weaned. Moses spent his youth in Pharaoh's court, where he learned. Now, this is the best part, right? So he, she, she actually brings him back, and he gets a free education. Okay, he learns rhetoric, he learns mathematics, he learns hieroglyphics, and he even learns the art of war. If you look up Acts 7, 22, and then Moses led two million people through a desert putting all of these disciplines that he had learnt from his mother and from Pharaoh's daughter, he puts them to work. There's lots of people involved in this puzzle. So a wee quick quiz in the middle of this. I'm nearly finished, so I am. Who can tell me, who's been listening, who can tell me some of the key women in our passage that we've been looking at today? Any mothers? Can any mothers tell me some of the key women in our... Noreen. Miriam. Miriam? Come on up, Noreen. <laughs> Only if you don't mind. She was a key woman, so she, you're part of the puzzle. You're Miriam. Come on up, yeah. If you don't mind. That's no, no. yeah, no, okay. Okay. Any other mummies? Everybody's sliding down their seats. <laughs> Any other mummies? You know, some of the characters that we've talked about this morning in our... Are you, are you listening? <laughs> now, who? Who? Yes, Pharaoh's daughter. Do you, you, just, you just wait there, right? All right, now, it's all part of... Okay, it's all part of the puzzle. All right, so who else? So we've got Miriam, we've got Pharaoh's daughter, Jacobed, Jacobed. Okay, another part of the puzzle. And maybe one other woman that was part of the puzzle. Maybe wasn't talked about as much, but was part of it all. Anybody, any ideas? Take a guess. Save the babies. Who? Yeah. Who, who said that? Do you say Paula? You hold that. Right, do you want? Come on. Get up. Come on. The midwife. Okay, so we've got four really important people.
key characters in this story, but they're all part of the puzzle. You see this whole scripture, God is not mentioned once in it. But yet we know and we can see very, very clearly how he is all part of it. How he is directing and leading every part of it. Because it says the midwives didn't follow what the Pharaoh did. It says that Jacobet, she decided to step away from the edict and not follow what the Pharaoh was doing. It says that Pharaoh's daughter, I mean, she's meant to be following her father, and she's went and followed along with, oh, look at this wee Hebrew. She, it was like it was favor shown towards Moses with this um, Egyptian, the midwife who saved Miriam, Miriam who stood, was all part. Tell you, see when things go wrong, families come together. And Miriam was there. And she, she was the spy. She sorted out and she did all of that. And these are all really, really important roles within this story. Ladies, I just didn't bring you up because I wanted to. I'll give you a little something. Thank you so much for coming up. No. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. See, she's glad she's not now. See, this is it. I will go. Noreen, here you go. Do you get yours, Noreen? Number two. You can be my number two any day now. You see, your faith's rewarded, isn't it? And that's just a little example of how our faith can be rewarded. So it is. And at the end of the day, mothers, take heart. He'll use your courageous, sensible faith to accomplish his purposes. He's working behind the scenes to accomplish his purpose in your children's lives. He will use you, but it's not just all about you. One of the interesting things about this passage is the prominent role women with motherly instincts play in the story. Jacobed saw Moses, saw that Moses was special. Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket and saw the child crying and had pity on him. Moses' sister stood in the wings to know or notice what would happen and when to act. All of this foreshadows what God would soon do for his people later in chapter 2. It's God who looks upon his people who are suffering. We're told in verse 25 that God saw, this is the same word used in chapter 1, the sons of Israel and God took notice. The same word, he took notice of them. God moves forward to save his people. He delivers us in our utterly helpless states through the death, the burial and the resurrection of his own son, Jesus. And just to finish up, just to conclude with you, someone once turned to a full-time mum and said, what is it that you do, my dear? And she responded, I am socialising two homo sapiens, sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the, the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God has willed from the beginning of creation. And then she added, and what do you do then? Because I want you all to understand 
we mightn't think that a mother's role is very important. Because it's maybe not a science degree, or maybe not a PhD or a master's, but it's the most important job that anybody could be given, above everything else. Mothers, your ultimate purpose is to be women of faith. Be women of courage. Be women of sensible faith that will instill in your children a knowledge of, of faith in and love for a God who sees and knows your child's deep, deepest needs for salvation, that has decisively moved to accomplish it through the work of Jesus. But don't worry, mums, guardians, and those who, who are fathers who are doing a mother's job, it's not all up to you. Remember, God is with you. Thank you.